This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. In the untouched regions of the forest, the kōkako runs through the treetops feeding on leaves, flowers and fruit. The South Island kōkako, with its distinctive orange wattles at the base of the bill, hasn't been sighted in many years and may be extinct. A situation the blue wattle bird of the North Island may find itself in unless its habitat is preserved. Its delightful call includes a variety of rich organ and bell-like notes. Community or chaos, we can construct and nurture community or fall into chaos. Over the next hour, Marvin Hubbard hosts conversations toward creating a fairer, more equal society. Community or Chaos is made possible with the support of Quakers Aotearoa. You'll find them online at quaker.org.nz. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Community or Chaos, hopefully mostly community today. We'll be talking with Professor Stephen Zunis, who is an American international relations expert at the University of San Francisco, specializing in Middle Eastern politics. He's also worked with strategic nonviolent action and as a, is a scholar and advocate of nonviolent people power movements. Well, Stephen, welcome to Back to Community or Chaos. Great to be with you again. It's good to have you. How has the first 100 days of the Biden administration gone, and has his domestic policy been more left-wing than expected? And when do his domestic, and where do his domestic policy advisors come from? Well, actually, it's been quite surprising in a pleasant way for for uh, many of us uh, that uh, Biden has ended up being taking making a, a far basically taking a far more progressive domestic agenda uh, than many people expected. He was traditionally more in the center right of the Democratic Party. He was known to uh, defend you know, corporate interests uh, a lot and 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 other uh, financial interests. He was um, and 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 dur- during the campaign, uh, he was you know he basically was very critical of people like Bernie Sanders and, and Elizabeth Warren, who who took a more left social democratic kind of um, of, of policy views and. But since com- but since coming to office, I think it partly as a result of the um, enormous damage uh, done by the uh, four years of the Trump uh, presidency, and the uh, and and of course the uh, huge damage on so many levels uh, that the COVID pandemic um, <clears throat> has had, uh, as as well as a reflection that the the party itself and the country as a whole has moved to the left uh, as a result of these and, and and other issues, he has pushed for a whole series of very progressive uh, uh, programs uh, regarding uh, the environment, uh, civil rights, uh, and economic justice. Unfortunately, uh, many of these initiatives, particularly the economic ones, have been stalled. Um, uh, by a uh, uh, in, in the in the Congress, but uh, the uh, actual positions he's taken have been quite positive, and also I think it's really shifted um, 
the 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 whole discussion about the role of government. Um, the United States, uh, under the uh, Roosevelt administration in the 1930s during the uh, uh, Depression, was, uh, you know, went in a direction as a lot of European countries and others others did towards a more uh, more social democratic kind of kind of view that government could play an important role in regulating the excesses of of, of big business of of meeting the uh, basic uh, you know, needs of the people. Uh, this was, uh, uh, and even when uh, the Eisenhower administration came in the 1950s, the first Republican uh, administration in in in, uh, in 16, uh, or sorry, in in, in uh, 20 years, uh, they kept many of these kinds of kinds of programs, and uh, and they were expanded even further under Lyndon Johnson in the 1960s. Uh, though, though Johnson was notorious, of course, for the Vietnam War, uh, and uh, uh, other foreign foreign uh, you know, policy uh, um, misadventures. That was his Achilles' his, heel, his, wasn't it? His, his, his domestic. I'm sorry. That was his Achilles' heel. Yeah, yeah, very much so. His domestic policy was was quite progressive in many ways. People see him on the domestic front as the most progressive president in in American history. But then we had the Reagan era, and with Reagan coming in, it was similar to what happened in in Britain with the election of Margaret Thatcher. Uh, or New Zealand no, with Roger Douglas and the Labour yeah, Party. Yeah, right. Yeah, not only did the um, uh, the policy shift to the right, but the whole whole dialogue about the about government. And here, this under Reagan, as government was the problem, the government need to back away and let uh, let the business and let the the uh, wealthy pretty much uh, you know do do what they want, <laughs> and to deregulate and to um, and to uh, lower taxes on corporations uh, and the wealthy. And when Clinton came in in 19, uh, early 1993, after um, um, after uh, 12 years of Republican rule, again, he largely kept that kind of philosophy. Uh, Clinton himself uh, bragged that the era of big government is over. Um, but uh, now with Biden, is this, uh, the pendulum may be swinging back. He is, he's starting to say that, hey, with the government does have a role to play in um, – in terms of trying to even out some of the inequities uh, in society, of supporting, um, you know, uh, uh, families uh, with children, uh, helping the unemployed, uh, extending uh, health care, um, making education more affordable, uh, these kinds of things, uh, and and it, it's really it really has marked a, marked a shift. Uh, and in many ways, he's reflecting the view of the public. I mean, uh, his his proposals are. You know, support are supported by a, a, a sizable majority of Americans. In fact, if anything, uh, uh, Americans would like it to be further left. <laughs> but um, that uh, it, it really has uh, been, been meant that uh, you know there is some hope that the United States may join much of the rest of the advanced industrialized world in pursuing you know uh, you know p- uh, policies that don't just give uh, the wealthy and powerful uh, you know the 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 keys to society and and what they what they uh, want on the foreign policy realm unfortunately uh, as as we, we've seen uh, most recently with uh, Biden's support for um, Israel's horrific uh, military offensive uh, against uh, uh, the Gaza Strip, he r- remains pretty hardline, pretty hawkish. He supported uh, 
as far as high military spending, uh, even higher than, than what Trump had. Uh, he um, continues to support various allied dictatorships around the world. Um, his, uh, despite some positive moves, such as rejoining the um, you know, Paris um, Climate Agreement and, and negotiating to resume the uh, nuclear agreement uh, with Iran, uh, rec- finally recognizing the uh, uh, Armenian genocide, which no previous president had done. Uh, now these are all good things, but by and large, his foreign policy uh, has not been nearly as progressive as his domestic initiatives. When you, but there's a connection between foreign policy and particularly military policy and spending and domestic issues, isn't there? Because Lyndon Johnson found that he couldn't afford the domestic program he wished to put forward and he actually had legislation for because of the money that was going into the military. Oh, they're very much so. I mean, the the United States, um, uh, over over half of the discretionary budget of the United States goes into the military. That is far, far higher percentage uh, than any uh, advanced industrialized country. I mean, I think only a handful of small countries in the Middle East have a, 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 a larger chunk of their budget going in that direction. Of course, we're by, uh, by far the uh, uh, largest military spender in the world. 40% of, of the entire world's military spending is from the United States, even though we are only about 4% of the world's population. The Obama found made the mistake of believing that he could cooperate and had to cooperate with the Democrats, I mean with the Republicans in the Senate and in the House and that he could, that they they would uh, cooperate with him if he put if he tried to cooperate with them and he found that that was a, a desperate mistake. Now what's happening What's happening with that field? During the primary campaign, uh, Biden stressed um, his belief in bipartisanship, that uh, uh, he, he criticized the uh, more left-leaning uh, challengers who, who thought it was hopeless to, to work with the Republicans by saying that he, he could and, and he would, uh, that he had been in the Senate for many, many years. Uh, in fact, his... his um, his career, you know, it spent over 35 years in, in the Senate and had worked uh, with his Republican colleagues uh, uh, quite closely on a number of, of, uh, of joint initiatives. But what has happened is the Republican Party has, has gone not, not just far to the right, but, but they really, they're really getting, uh, they're getting pr- pretty crazy, frankly. I mean, are they, they are, a, are they a Democratic Party anymore? No, no, they, they, are, they are more the Republican Party today. Um, I mean, it used to... Um, um, it used to be <laughs> that the uh, um, you know Republicans were more comparable to the uh, you know more you know mainstream conservative parties you found in, in advanced industrialized countries, but nowadays, frankly, they are much closer to the far right nationalist parties that you see springing up in in, in Europe and and elsewhere. You know, with a Brazil. You know, mm-hmm. anti- strong anti-immigrant uh, kind of kind mm-hmm. of uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, focus, the, the right wing populism, the authoritarian um, okay. uh, tendencies, the the the, 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 the uh, embracing conspiracy theories uh, and, and the like. What's happening to Afro-American and Hispanic voters right now across the nation? Well, well I mean, they, they overwhelmingly uh, you know, supported uh, um, 
Biden against Trump, of course. Uh, but, but, but what we're seeing is that in the Republican-controlled um, state governments, uh, which uh, uh, you know, are in charge of their own uh, elections, um, they are, are putting in a whole series of um, restrictions that make it, uh, that disproportionately uh, impact people of color. Of course, they cannot legally um, target people of color specifically, uh, but they will, they will, for example, just make it um, you know, very difficult for people to um, uh, vote by mail, saying they have to, you know, you know uh, in many cases, uh, show up to vote in person unless they can have evidence that they are are, are sick or disabled or, or, or whatever. And they have voting and, on a working day, don't they? You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. U.S. elections are on, on for the first uh, Tuesday after the first Monday in November. It's not a holiday, uh, which means if you work a, a, a you know work a regular nine to five job, um, you you have to get in before or after. And and they're also shutting down polling stations in disproportionately in minority neighborhoods, which means there are lines that go for many many hours. I mean, in in one state, for example, in Georgia, they passed a law to make it a crime to provide food and water uh, f- or food or water for those who are um, waiting waiting in line uh, they um, you know they they, they um they they made it uh, they made it so you can't uh, register to vote on Sundays and Sundays is when for example people the, the black church black church churches you know which are uh, traditionally been an area where you know people try to uh, organize uh, voter registration drives and things like that uh, that, to make that impossible. Uh, They also insist that people have um, you know, have IDs, uh, official uh, 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 government IDs, and these are, they have, for example, in Texas, they have a thing where a, 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 a state ID from a university uh, doesn't count, but a state ID for a gun license does. Now, university students uh, tend to be to, to vote <laughs> Democratic, you know, gun owners tend to vote Republican, but yeah, they're, they're all, there's a whole plethora of laws that are are um are, are designed to to um to Prevent limit voting. voting. The other the other interesting thing they're doing is what they call gerrymandering and that is to uh draw the um congressional uh districts in such a way where they uh they divide up uh areas of um a black hispanic or 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 left leaning areas like university towns and, and major cities um, so to, to, to dilute the vote. For example, Texas, which is gaining congressional districts, which are a portion uh, by population in the lower house, um, they, you know, in, in the, in, in the past, uh, in, in recent years, they have gained six new congressional districts because Texas is, is growing, uh, growing, uh, fairly rapidly. Now, 90% of the growth in Texas is of minorities, uh, primarily those of Latin American, uh, background. But all six new districts, have been drawn in such a way that it, it, these they are have a majority of white Republican voters, and so the, that uh, that it, that ends up okay. uh, you know, adding you know six uh, new uh, uh, additional uh, Republicans in what's already a narrowly uh, divided um, house. So what we're what we're likely to see next year if these trends continue is that the um, uh, that the Democrats will win a majority of the votes 
for Congress overall, uh, but the majority of people who are elected are going to be Republicans. And would that be the same thing? You also have a, some of the senators up for re-election too, aren't they? Yes, about 30 and senators who have six-year six terms. Actually, you have a closely divided Senate, 50-50, and the vice president is a Democrat who votes yes, in and, the and, Senate. And, and, yeah. But yes. what kind of deadlines are the Democrats facing and what kind of obstacles do they, do they have to protecting the right to vote? Well, well, part of the problem, as you mentioned, part of the problem with the Senate is that the um, uh, is that uh, uh, unlike the House, which is roughly proportional to population, every state, large or small, uh, gets um, uh, two senators, and the um, uh, the, the smaller states who tend to, you know, in population uh, tend to be those in the Mountain West, you know, like uh, like uh, you know, Wyoming, uh, Montana, um, uh, Idaho. North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Nebraska, etc., and these um, uh, and these are overwhelmingly white and Republican, and they have uh, as many senators as in New York and and California, <laughs> and you know those you know, states that have um, you know uh, uh, Illinois, you know states with, with course, uh, this you know, is Michigan. a constitutional issue. You can't right, it's right. Very exactly, unlikely exactly, to do exactly. much about that. Yeah. So again, I mean, if you look look at the number, if you look at the the, the uh, I mean, in the United States, for example, uh, every election uh, in the past uh, thirty years, uh, more um, you know Democrats. Uh, more, uh, you know, okay. Uh, Are Demo- the Democrats Democrat- in the Senate united? And what can uh, they do? And what's preventing them? Well, the the one one problem is is that um, some of the uh, big initiatives that. Uh, um, uh, that Biden wants to to make in terms of uh, in terms of uh, his economic his progressive economic policies, as well as bills that would protect voting rights. You know that would um, um, you know, try that would um, uh, you know that would try to challenge these Republican efforts to to limit uh, voting rights. Uh, the problem is that in in, in the U.S. Senate, uh, there's the the filibuster is an is arcane uh, legislative process where you you need actually 60 votes uh, to bring a bill to the floor to even vote on it. Now there are some exceptions, um, but uh, a number of the, uh, uh, the the problem is is that you in in the in the in the in the bills where you do have. All the Democrats and maybe a handful of uh, uh, of somewhat less right wing Republicans willing to to support it, they still can't pass because of the sixty vote threshold. And some of the think and and in areas where the uh, Senate could uh, pass things with just the um, fifty Democrats plus the Vice President as tiebreaker, uh, there are there are one or two more conservative Democrats who are unwilling to support it. So as, as a result, we have a kind of legislative gridlock. We have all these important uh, um, uh, initiatives that uh, that the president wants to have. Virtually every Democrat wants to have. Polls show you know sixty um, percent or more of the American people want to have, uh, but uh, the the Republicans are making it impossible uh, to to pass. 
and they are meanwhile you know passing uh, passing uh, new laws in, in various places that uh, that will make it more likely they will have the majority in, in Congress and 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 make things even more difficult uh, in the by elections next year. In the by elections next year, do you think the Democrats, if they don't get around the um the Senate and actually pass some laws to protect the right to vote. Well, are they going to be willing, able to get enough people out to overcome their the anti the anti democratic disadvantage? The fact is that so many people are are not allowed to vote. That's going to be the big challenge. I mean, I think it's possible uh, that uh, you know uh, people the the um, uh, in in both the uh, by election uh, three years ago, and in the general election, uh, as well as in a key runoff uh, election in uh, Georgia in December, uh, voter turnout was uh, at, at record highs, at least in the modern era, and uh, it was it was you know about it was part of this to get out the vote drive. That's one reason the Republicans are 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 putting all these restrictions on voting uh, because it was so successful. I mean, it simply means that uh, the, the Democrats are going to uh, 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 need to, to try harder, um, and you know whether they they can overcome these voter suppression efforts remains to be seen. Will Biden get out there and campaign? Oh, certainly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna be all out. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a little crazy. I mean, already, I mean, I'm already getting, uh, you know, all these unsolicited emails from various Democratic candidates around the country uh, begging for money. Uh, I mean, the, the the costs of presidential elections are, or are, 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 are Senate elections, House elections. In fact, all, all, uh, uh, most elections in this country are ridiculously expensive. And it's just sad because, you know, the money that, that, that people have that could help charities, you know, that could help, um, you know, nonprofit groups that are struggling, uh, they end up having to, to give it to, uh, they feel obliged to give it to uh, these election uh, campaigns uh, to try to compensate for the vast amounts of money the Republicans are receiving uh, from uh, um, you know, uh, large corporations and, and, and uh, billionaires. How many votes would it take? The Democrats, if can fifty-one votes change the filibuster? Yes, yes, they they could. So end the up Democrats, if they don't change it, because they're not willing to. Yes, well, but right now there are two Senate Democrats who are unwilling to um, abolish the filibuster, um, and uh, they're the, and they're the ones that are, are making it uh, uh, difficult to do so at this point. Anything the Democrats can do about those two, legally? Uh, nope, nope, not, not, not really. I mean, uh, some people in this were in the uh, European Parliament or even the New Zealand Parliament, they'd be out of their party and out of Parliament. No, no. I mean, they they are they are elected for their uh, six year terms, uh, just like everybody else. And, and are they up and for reelection? Uh, not, um, <clears throat> not for a while. Okay. Um. So the. What kind of pressure can the Democratic Party put on them if they're willing to go on? I mean, I think what it has to do, you know, the the grassroots need to be uh, need to be mobilized, and uh, and 
but uh, it, uh, it, you know, they're all the thing. The thing is, of course, just just as uh, you know, people's people are limited in their money in terms of what they're willing to to um, um, uh, you know donate. There are also, of course, lots of people who, in terms of their political Im- uh, energies, are not uh, necessarily into candidates, but particular causes and issues that they um, uh, you know they they believe in. So, you know, it's it's it, it, you know there, there are limited resources. But the, the main the main thing that's happening right now in the United States, and this is I've never seen before, is that you have the majority of Republicans. Uh, actually buy into this big conspiracy theory that uh, Donald Trump actually won the uh, election last November and that there is a conspiracy uh, by the uh, Democratic Party, uh, by the the mainstream media, uh, by the courts, and, and, and just about uh, everybody else um, to... Um, to, to get to get to give it to Biden, so they they actually believe the U.S. government is illegitimate. Um, that uh, and 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 that's one. And they're they're passing all these voter suppression laws because they insist that there was ma- you know voter fraud on a massive scale, even though there's absolutely no evidence uh, f- uh, for for uh, for for that to happen. And it's really. Um, Really, quite quite disturbing the the uh, level of paranoia, uh, the 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 uh, uh, willingness of people to to buy into this thing, and and, and, and there there actually actually there there actually have been uh, you know surveys that um, show that um, the the majority of Republican voters um, would rather have the United States under an authoritarian system than have the uh, the, the Democrats uh, uh, govern. Just, and let's remember, remember the Democratic Party is not that left-wing a party. It really isn't. I mean, it, it is, it, it, it is um, even, even with Biden's uh, new uh, efforts. So, you know, we are, we're, 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 uh, we're not, not talking about anything particularly radical at all. But um, this is where, you know, this is where, you know, things have gotten at, at, at this point. And, and, hmm. and um, the, the thing is, is that with the... With the majority, there, there, is, there are concerns, you know, that if the Republicans actually uh, got the uh, the majority in the in, in Congress uh, next year, uh, that in the event in, in the 2024 presidential election, um, they they could refuse to certify the results, <laughs> and, you know, even if Biden uh, even if Biden won re-election, that we are talking about an authoritarian. Uh, the Republicans have become an, uh, something of an authoritarian party at this point. I understand the Republicans are saying that uh, America is not a democracy. It was never meant to be, but it was meant to be a, a republic. Yes, an indirect. It sounds uh, a bit uh, like kind of, Mussolini in Italy. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, and part of it was there is some truth to that in the sense that the. Um, the way the system was set up with the electoral college and with um, uh, initially initially the Senate was was you know, appointed by the you know, the state legislatures and there's other other ways there was you know indirect um, somewhat indirect uh, uh, governance but but like so many things else in the United States including the fact that we um, you know had um, had slavery, you know, uh, uh, for our, uh, you know, um, first uh, 85 years of independence, and the fact that, uh, you know, women weren't allowed to vote until, uh, um, you know, 1917, and and a number of other uh, other things, uh, 1920, I should say, um, that uh, that that we are. Uh, okay. 
In some yeah, ways, we've been getting more we've been getting more democratic over over the years, and that had been sort of the assumption of the way we'd continue. But there are now people who want to roll that back. There, in some ways, just reminds me of history repeating itself because, in the I understand it in the 1860s after the Civil War, you had a few Afro American congressmen from Southern states. You had black people in federal offices and in some state offices, and you had Afro-Americans voting in the Deep South, and then they suppressed the black vote, partly through a compromise with the Republican Party, which was in the Liberal Party in those days, and the uh, Tilden, I think, or Titan, I'm sorry, and then you had uh, the Ku Klux Klan that was given free range, and the Supreme Court wasn't strongly in favor of black rights at all. And you got Jim Crow. You got segregation and the, the complete extinction of black vote in the Deep South in about 10 years' time. After yeah. The, the yeah, yeah. So, I mean, basically, what, 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 basically, there is a, a, a coalition of the of a powerful economic interest, um, you know, with some of the, uh, uh, you know, or the, the, some of the old, the, 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 the um, elements of racist white Southerners who've basically got together that's saying too much democracy. You know, we're not only going to, we can't have um, um, black people voting. We can't have, and, and we can't have these uh, ignorant uh, immigrant working class, you know, people <laughs> voting. So there's basically this idea that having a, having a, a strong government um, was a way that would take the labor of hard-working white men and give it to these undeserving immigrants and people of color. And this is, this is the line that's been used in one way or another over, over the decades. I mean, Ronald Reagan had this stereotype of the welfare queen, you know, that, this, uh, that you know, somehow a black woman was able to take advantage of the system to, well, to, democracy. Eat, to live, 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 live high on the hog, you know, um, while, while other people are, are working, are, are white people are, are, are working, working their hardest and that kind of thing. And this is, this kind of, this is, we're seeing this again. Is Trump going to survive the legal hurdles that face him? Because well, well, currently there are a whole series of investigations. I mean, he's he's always you know, as as a businessman before he even entered politics. I mean, there are a whole number of uh, of, um, of of lawsuits and also corrupt things, and he'd he generally get to settle out of court. Like a lot of wealthy people and, and big business people can can get away with a lot of things that a small business person or ordinary citizen would go to jail for. But uh, at this this point, it appears that there are, are quite a that the um, um, that there there are some series of criminal investigations, you know, mostly from before he became president. I mean, there's debate about whether someone can actually be indicted for any crimes they committed while president. But um, there's certainly uh, uh, quite a few things about. I mean, I mean, I mean things like, for example. Um, uh, exaggerating his wealth in order to get loans, and then um, uh, and then and then uh, uh, minimizing it uh, when it becomes time to pay taxes, you know, on the same on the same properties. I mean, things things like that that, that really are illegal. I think I think uh, I, my guess is that he is indeed going to be uh, indicted sometime in the next few months. If he's convicted, that means he can't run for office, doesn't it? Um. Well, what it it um. 
Not necessarily, it, it, but it would. Deep, but uh, it might be part of a plea deal to keep him out of jail. Um, but you know what, what's what's what we're seeing is, I mean, something. I, I, I mean, uh, kind of. If, if uh, your listeners uh, remember Berlusconi uh, in in um, in Italy, you know, he he was he was uh, cor- uh, incredibly corrupt, um, and uh, but uh, he was still very popular, and his followers believed that all these indictments and other things were part of some conspiracy against him and and so you know this is not going to necessarily hurt his political standing okay, the thing is is he, he's, he's still he's still the power broker there's he's still two, the power. there's really two ways this could go in two years time you might get enough groundswell of support for the democrats to increase their uh hold over the senate and congress or you could have the republicans through their suppression of voting denying people the right to vote, which is actually what it is, and the Republicans might take over Congress and the Senate. Now, is democracy threatened? I mean, I'm not say, I'm not talking about, will, these, will good legislation be passed? Will, will poor people be worse? But is democracy itself, will that be threatened if that happened? I really think it is because... Trump is is now the big power broker in the Republican Party. Um, there's a there's a congresswoman from Wyoming, Liz Cheney, who is the daughter of the notorious former Vice President Dick Cheney, who under President Bush was probably the leading person who got us into the Iraq War and other disasters. She is right wing on all sorts of policy issues, but she was unwilling to go along with the lie. That she wasn't Trump willing to stole lie, the election. Basically. She wasn't willing to lie that Trump really won the election and Biden stole it. Now she was the third-ranking member of the Republican caucus in in the U.S. House of Representatives. She was kicked out. The majority, a huge majority of Republican House members voted to remove her from that position and replace her by someone who actually in terms of voting record wasn't quite as conservative as her but did support the lie that Trump actually won and and, and now the, the House represent now the Congress is the Republicans in Congress are even blocking the establishment of a commission to investigate the January 6th attack on the US Capitol by this pro-Trump mob they don't even want it to, 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 to investigate what happened, who was responsible, anything like that. Some of them are even rewriting the whole history, saying oh, that it really wasn't that bad, uh, that they, that, uh, and, and that, or, or even the idea that there are actually, it was actually a false flag operation by a bunch of leftists to try to discredit Trump. I mean, it, 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 again, it's, just, it's, it's astounding just how wacko these people are, and these people are, are members of Congress. These are members, members of the U.S. Senate, and the pe- people who believe this, you know, have the, ha- are, are powerful enough to, you know, um, ruin the careers of any Republican who happens to um, ha- happens to challenge it. I mean, already the you know dozen, you know, the two dozen or so um, Republican House members who 
you know, have challenged Trump's assumption. Every one of them is being challenged in the primary uh, for next year in their party, and they probably won't be renominated. Uh, we, we, this is like a cult has taken over one of the two major American political parties. Cheney's lost her position in the Congress as one of the leaders. Third, couldn't the Democrats say to the to the senators who won't support? changing the filibuster, that you're not going to have any positions in the Senate? I mean, you can it, be it, in the possible. Senate. Yeah, yeah. You can be yeah, in the I, Senate, I, I, but they, you they, can't, they, they, you can't they, be on they, committees, they, you can't... Uh, yeah, because they've been there a you know, ten, technically, technically, uh, um, actually, uh, ten, ten, technically, they could do that, but um, it would be it would be highly controversial, and in, in certain ways, um, uh, you're not generally how the Democrats have operated. Um, Maybe that's one reason the Democrats are in trouble. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. Take it seriously, you know. Right, right. So, I mean, you can't. I'm not sure you can do business as usual in America. No, no, we're 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 in a whole we're in a whole new era, era, era. and you know I, I'm I'm 64 years old. I'm a political science professor, you know, and I had but I've, I've been a political animal since I was a kid. I mean, I was just a total nerd on on politics stuff. So I, I can, I I was following politics, you know, as an eight year old. Um, but you know, so so I, I I have a pretty good memory of the um, of, of of how politics is operated in the United States and in Congress. And I've lived in, in Washington, D.C. I've worked in the Capitol. I know I, I know, know this all pretty well. And again, we are un, in uncharted territory here. We are, um, the, the, the Republican Party is, 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 is really, um, uh, is really going off the off the deep end, and and what's interesting is you know there are quite a, few, uh, a lot of Republicans realize it, but these are kind of the these are the pundits, these are the Republican intellectuals, these are the people who write for the Washington Post and for the New York Times and the and you know the more the more respectable kind of um, of Republicans. And again, issue by issue, I, I disagree with them on a lot of things, as you might imagine, but they're willing. They're willing. I mean, they they are. <laughs> they, they are. I mean, I, I, I kind of reminds me of back in my student activist days you'd be a phenomenon where i'd be involved in some kind of left-wing cause and then some crazy maoist or trotskyist sect would come and end up taking over the organization and ruining it by doing really crazy stuff i mean that's that's how the republicans some of these republicans must be feeling right now you well, know, the, problem is the republicans uh, from a pure power and political angle they may not be ruining the republican party I mean, they may take power. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite possible because, again, they, they, you know, if we had proportional representation, or if we had ranked choice voting, or you know that that kind of thing, you know, there's no way that they would um, be any kind of any kind of threat. But because you know they end up con- controlling uh, the state's uh, legislatures and enough key. Uh, states and there they have actually drawn the line, you know, gerrymandered the lines for the uh, state legislature. So it's hard to remove them from power there. They can then do the federal, uh, draw the federal election districts to their advantage, uh, combined with the way the Senate is already weighted in favor of the Republicans. That you know these people, you know, with a again, I mean, my, we're 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 living under minority rule in certain ways in this country, um, and similarly the courts, the federal courts, the vast majority of federal judges have been um, 
are, um, are are Republicans. This is because Republicans rewrote the rules, which essentially um, uh, made it impossible for Obama to uh, nominate judges his last um, two years in office and then uh, push through uh, all these uh, Trump uh, uh, nominees uh, without uh, the, the normal... Uh, vetting procedures, and so you know we have a, a, a federal court system that is also overwhelmingly Republican. So if any of these uh, vote voter suppression kinds of efforts get to the uh, Supreme Court, they're all they will almost certainly uphold them. So it's really a matter of awaiting the people in these various states that they have to not only get out and vote, but they have to risk their jobs and risk their time. And maybe their liberty to make sure that people can vote, isn't? Yes, yes. I mean, it's yes. like very, it's like the the South in the sixties, almost. Oh yeah, yeah, very, 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 very much so. It it, it is. Uh, so we either are, they do it, or maybe they won't have a a democratic option. Yes, after that yes, uh, yes, and 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 and, and there are also these these. Uh, uh, I mean, some of these other laws. There, there. Um, yeah, they're 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 passing is that they are actually uh, re re uh, doing the election boards, which used to be these uh, you know kind of nonpartisan things of of just you know local civic minded uh, folks, often uh, um, you know often uh, retired people, you know who uh, were you know uh you know, that you know that were just you know dedicated to doing it honestly and fairly and everything there and, and then replacing them with these highly partisan boards that are appointed by these republican uh, uh you know, state governments and they're going to be the ones who are, are going to be put in charge of counting the votes so you can imagine you know the potential abuses there as well all right um i'm going to play a song now and then we we might talk about foreign policy a bit uh, are you hopeful in spite of the the odds well i mean i think i mean in general the the, the united states is becoming a um uh, increasingly a progressive nation because of the uh the, the younger people uh the younger generation is is as well to the left of the older generation and it's a much more uh, diverse racially um a nation and 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 the like. So I think the overall trends are 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 are, are towards a much more progressive uh, United States, uh, one that would be more in line with uh, 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 social democracies in in Europe and other uh, uh, other um, uh, advanced industrialized uh, countries. But it's this very reason uh, that the uh, right wing Republicans are trying to push to. Um, um, Put off the inevitable, and uh, to um, uh, and, and 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 to to t- turn the country in a more authoritarian direction. Is it inevitable if you look at some of the state, uh, the democratic states in Latin America? They managed to put off democracy for generations. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's something in the American spirit. I think that uh, really does uh, you know, believe in, um, in individual liberty and, and representative government. Uh, that uh, I think uh, I, 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 I do not uh, you know um, I, I not fear that we'll actually end up in dictatorship. But what I'm what I am seeing is that uh, we could uh, you know find that upholding. Uh, even even some some of the more basic um, uh, democratic uh, uh, you know representative uh, 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 governance is going is is certainly uh, certainly being challenged. 
All right, I'm going to play a song now by Leonard Cohen. In the land of 
Well, that was Leonard Cohen now, and I thought it might be somewhat appropriate. May the light of truth shine on the land of plenty someday. We're talking with Professor Stephen Zunis, uh, an expert on international relations and also on democracy and nonviolent action and people power movements. And we've been talking about United States domestic policy. We might talk about uh, the Middle East briefly. And you can podcast this by going to oar.org.nz and then going to podcast and going to community or chaos. Well, the latest um, foreign policy choices Biden has been the actual the um, conflict between um, Israel and the Palestinians, which has flared up recently. Now, what caused some of the tensions between the Palestinian settlers and Palestinian residents in East Jerusalem? And well, starting why is at, that a tinderbox? Well, starting in April, you had um, these um, far right wing um, you know, settlers uh, rampaging through occupied East Jerusalem, attacking uh, uh, random uh, Palestinians. Others were forcibly trying to seize the homes of Palestinian families in the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood, uh, where uh, they've lived there for many generations. When Palestinians protested, Israeli occupation forces uh, brutally uh, suppressed uh, the, the uh, um, uh, demonstrations. You uh, and including uh, closing off um, Al-Aqsa Mosque, the third holiest site in Islam, uh, in the middle of Ramadan, uh, not to mention the uh, and 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 and, um, and and breaking up uh, uh, gatherings uh, for the um, iftar meal at the end of the end of the day. Um, uh, Hamas warned that if this kind of repression continued, they would fire rockets into Israel. Uh, the repression continued, so they fired rockets into Israel. Uh, these these are. Um, Mostly uh, uh, you know, made machine shops, kind of crude, not not at all accurate. Uh, fortunately, not very powerful. They did nevertheless end up uh, killing um, uh, eleven Israelis. Uh, but uh, they were uh, the the um, most of, most of them were blown up before they landed by this um, missile defense system known as the Iron Dome, jointly developed by Israel and the United States. Uh, Israel, meanwhile, ended up uh, engaging in very heavy bombing of the Gaza Strip, a crowded urban area That's of uh, over several two, cities, two hundred uh, people, and created and then and hit medical facilities and all oh, yeah, the hit, doctors. Yeah, yeah, blew up the the building housing the Associated Press and Al Jazeera and other news agencies, uh, you know, um, uh, hit, uh, hit uh, health clinics, uh, refugee camps, uh, office towers, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, residential, uh, residential towers. Um, Can you know, uh, the, the, majority, the, the vast majority of people were, were, were killed. Uh, the United States, uh, meanwhile, was uh, on four separate occasions blocked the UN Security Council from even issuing a statement um, criticizing the, both uh, Israel and Hamas. The uh, United States insisted only to, to criticize uh, Hamas. Um, the, um, there was uh, um, Ken, some really had... 
this be considered an evenly matched cause? Well, I mean, not, not, not at all. When you have that, I mean, that kind of casualty ratio, I mean, you, and it, you have over two two hundred Palestinians killed. You have twelve Palestinian. I mean, twelve Israelis, and Israeli has an overwhelming military advantage. They're, uh, the, uh, it was not, not a fair fight by by any means. Both sides were committing war crimes, but certainly uh, Israel the, 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 the was <laughs> we had the capability of of uh, of, um, of, uh, of of doing a lot more a lot more uh, you know, damage. Over over sixty sixty six of the dead Palestinians were children. Um, whole families were wiped out, and uh, and yet you you saw but yet yet Biden would only. Administration and many members of Congress were only criticizing uh, the Hamas rocket attacks, nothing about Israel. But the shift was the differences, and this is pretty significant, was that for the first time there was quite a bit of pressure on Biden from fellow Democrats in Congress and across the nation uh, that he uh, tried to put a stop to the fighting. Similarly, uh, the Europeans, who were very upset at us blocking the, um, the, the United Nations from doing anything, so a, a number of foreign governments, including um, U.S. allies, um, including New Zealand, actually, um, were, were um, raising concerns uh, at the at, that the U.S. role in uh, preventing uh, the uh, uh, ceasefire from from taking place. And so finally, um, Biden ended up um, uh, uh, convincing uh, after after uh, 12 days of bloodshed. Of the for the Israelis to 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 stop their assault, and a ceasefire uh, um, came in place. But the thing that strikes me, uh, you know, when we think back to the major wars in 2009 and 2014, and the and and two lesser uh, you know uh, exchanges uh, uh, like this, is that the the opposition, you know, and it, from uh, ordinary Americans uh, was much greater than usual, and the mainstream media coverage was more balanced. I mean, still something of a pro-Israel tilt, but uh, but you know the the the, the, the um, you know, New York Times and and uh, and and, and uh, CNN and you know Washington Post and and a lot of the the more you know mainstream media that has generally had a, a pretty strong bias towards the is- Israeli narrative was actually somewhat more balanced, somewhat more willing to report the. Death of the uh, Palestinian children. I and, saw an amazing picture in New York, in the, the Guardian, of a, a young Jewish boy wearing a Hasidic hat, a very coming a very orthodox uh, Jewish community, very conservative, or protesting against what Israel was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's um. You know, there's never been greater divisions uh, in in the Jewish community. Of course, it's primarily among younger secular left-wing Jews, but um, the the uh, this has also you know made it so that it's uh, um, you know easier, I think, politically for people to um, uh, to 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 speak out uh, on this, and and because I, I think it really uh, the the, the um, what 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 I think a lot a lot of people are are, are noticing is that the um, 
Um, I mean, this is not the Americans still, you know, support Israel's right to exist, its right to self-defense, but they're basically coming to the position of saying no, no, no country has a right uh, to, uh, uh, to to engage in in war crimes, especially when it's using U.S. weapons. They're particularly upset when Biden, in the midst of the slaughter, announced we bid increasing arms transfers to uh, um, Israel, including sophisticated bomb uh, so precision guided bombs. So, in the long run, you're hopeful. I, I think so, but but again, how many people are going to die uh, beforehand? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. I mean, before uh, we have a shift in U.S. policy, because because the U.S. line that both sides need to negotiate among themselves ignores the gross asymmetry in power between the occupier and the occupied. And as long as the U.S. It has this contradictory role of being the sole mediator of the conflict and the principal military uh, and, and diplomatic supporter of the more powerful of the two parties, uh, there's not going to be progress. Okay, thanks a lot for coming on. And I hope that um, people like you will get other people to speak out. Thanks My pleasure, and, and thank, thank you for thank you for bringing me on again. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.